When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Hey guys, thank you for listening to another episode of Horror Movie Night. Uh, I just wanted to quickly remind you that you can go on our Facebook page and join the fun. Also, we have a website now at hmnpodcast.com, which will give you links to literally all of our social media, our Facebook, our Twitter accounts, our Patreons, and all that other good stuff. So go and check out our website for all of the different ways that you can be part of the HMN team. And now let's watch a movie where we see Kevin's bacon. that attracts writers to sexual assault cheap shocks easy manipulation of the audience are they just kind of horn dogs i think we can guess which is accurate in this week's sleaze fest hollow man adam's pondering the joys of an invisible monkey fight scott's wishing we had more cg penis and i'm over here with wolfman and mummy too and visible man in a swimming pool welcome <laughs> to horror movie night <laughs> Any excuse to get Matt to sing that fucking song? Any excuse. This fucking movie, bro. This is so. So, here's a quick backstory. Adam got tired of Scott and I always bitching about his picks. So he was like, "All right, here's the deal. I'm gonna send you just a list of movies that I would like to pick." You guys can choose the movies for me, but they'll at least be ones that I was thinking about picking. But we've got to do Hollow Man around my birthday. <laughs> um, hey, today is his birthday as we're recording, so yeah. you got your wish, you fuck. Yeah, fucking happy birthday to me. <laughs> <laughs> you brought this on yourself! You did this to you! Okay, <laughs> question, question one. Question one. What's the point of a birthday if you can't do what you want? Stop fucking yelling at me. <laughs> Question two. What the fuck, Paul Verhoeven? What the fuck? <laughs> Adam, you've picked a new way to self-destruction. <laughs> like, 
ridiculous. Why would you make us watch this movie? Okay, I was okay. Here's my here's my backstory with Hollow Man. You're gonna fucking hate me when I tell you this story. <laughs> you masturbated to it recently? Nope, never seen it before until about like five days ago. <laughs> God damn it, Adam, you're so oh my god. My brother my brother came home from a birthday party one time. And he goes, uh, yeah, it was a pretty shitty birthday. We ended up going to, like, Blockbuster and renting Hollow Man. And I was like, well, how, how was Hollow Man? And he was like, it was fucking stupid. Some invisible guy just tried to see tits for, like, 90 years. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, re- sure I remember didn't... that. Are you sure you didn't accidentally like, oh, rent Invisible Maniac? <laughs> well, I, I, he, he probably would have had a better time with that. So I remembered that. And I was like, oh, man, that sounds perfect for a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> the the pursuit, this is the worst part, is like, we're still picking movies that were basically made for the pursuit of boob. And like, <laughs> and like we live in a day and age where we can just Google that shit. We don't need to pursue it through bad horror movies anymore. But yet here we are, like a bunch of jackasses, just picking movies like some type of half-assed tip patrol is what we are. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, whatever. Some weeks we're the 420 boys, other weeks we're tip patrol, man. You do. <laughs> we're trying I, our best over here. I have like four four notes here, and two of them are CGI penis and CGI booby. How do you have so few fucking notes for a movie where an, a, a gorilla is invisible and fucking Kevin Bacon's dick is out? How do you have so few notes for <laughs> Dude, speaking about that invisible gorilla, that, like, rat kill in the very beginning is fucking unsettling as shit. <laughs> the whole movie is- Oh, go ahead. I was about to say, this whole movie is pretty unsettling. Like, there's animal abuse, there's human abuse, there's rape, there's voyeurism. I mean, really, we've got all sorts of perversions going on right our, here. Our main character leaves the compound, goes out, rapes a woman, and that's... There's still 60 minutes of the movie left. It's like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> and, and he's remorseless. That is the part that's the most annoying to me. Well... I get okay. I've seen the Invisible Man. I know the story. I know the tropes. This is not my first time watching Hollow Man. This is my second and last time, just for the record. Um, I get what they were trying to do with this, but they failed so hard. Yeah, I mean, Paul Verhoeven has such a good track record. I mean, other well, actually, no. I, I was gonna. I was about to say other than Showgirls, but Showgirls is fucking dope. That's a great movie. Um, it, I don't know. You would expect him to do better with this material, but somewhere along the line, everyone just let it devolve into this gross, fucking nasty, like old man. Like this is like an old man <laughs> fantasy, right? Like you remember, you know, like man, it's such a weird like jerk off fantasy for guys. It's gross, man. <laughs> I, I promise you, I've jerked off to a lot of concepts, but being invisible and raping someone is not one of them. Okay, so I have a quick question, though. So, and and forgive me, because I probably watched this two weeks ago for this, and I don't rem- and I wasn't paying a ton of attention, if I'm being honest, because I've seen Hollow Man twice already, and I wasn't really looking forward to the third viewing. Um, 
But I feel like this movie justifies why he goes crazy, if I'm not wrong. Don't they justify that because he can't close his eyes, he, like, has intense insomnia? Well, the idea, I believe the idea is, and this never really gets laid out properly, but I think the idea is that the invisible serum sort of fucks with his head and makes him more remorseless and more violent and just... Like, that's one of the side effects of going invisible, and that serum that they're using is it makes you sort of a sociopath. Hey, can I just point out the fact that, for once, Matt, you're not the one who's saying a word weird this week. It's Adam. He keeps on saying serum, (laughs) (laughs) because in Canada, everything sounds like syrup. (laughs) It's my fucking birthday. Why are you being mean to me? (laughs) So, so as you guys know, and I don't think the listeners do, I recently moved back into my parents for the time being, and I've discovered that my dad cannot pronounce the word rotisserie. Uh, he keeps <laughs> saying he he kept telling me how my sister brought over a rotary chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we know where it came from. You gotta fucking put your fingers right in that chicken. It's time to die and everything. It's terrible. So, all right. So it. So the movie really fucking drags for the first like 30 minutes of just like science bullshit but nothing happening it kind of does but i'm still on board with it just because of the whole novelty of invisible apes like I you are like obsessed with monkeys (laughs) this shit's cool Uh, by the way super excited super excited for war for the planet of the apes Um, this is cool monkeys had invisible syrup do you know how <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, this is the best episode. I say that every episode, but... <laughs> All right, so is there anything worth noting before Kevin Bacon goes invisible that we should yes. cover? Okay. Yes. I Actually, I, I haven't even looked at any of my notes. I promise I won't steamroll them, but um, the... Uh, <laughs> The first big thing that takes me out of this movie is that no one takes their clothes, no sexy woman takes their clothes off in front of their windows. I'll tell you, the kind of people that take their clothes off in front of the window are usually mentally handicapped. Because I had a friend who lived across the street from a pair of people that were mentally handicapped, and they were naked in front of the window every day. Those are the only people to do that. So, um, no, seriously, like that, that doesn't happen. Um, really, the only time it's appropriate is when there's an 11-year-old nerdy kid across the way. <laughs> you know that he's watching. Yeah. yeah, and if there's 50s music playing. I mean, really, you got to set the mood. Um, so, so uh, Elizabeth Shue, this took me back to when, like, she was still doing movies, uh, and she's not a she's not a good actress. Like uh, people conflate her beautiful face and quasi hot body with actually being able to act, and in it's she can't. Um, this movie is just ruined by her being in it. Actually, she's quasi hot body. If I was a fraction as hot as Elizabeth Shue, I would rule the fucking world. I would be hot. <laughs> she's got a beautiful face. But I don't remember what her body looks like because even in this movie when she's like – maybe it's the 90s clothes. But she's wearing like fucking mom jeans and the baggiest shirts. Like this movie is supposed to be quote-unquote sexy. But I honestly don't know if Elizabeth Shue has a nice body. Um, so there's that. 
quote unquote sexy is uh, I I think you're you're pretty pretty on the mark with that because I feel like they were like oh yeah this is hot and then the whole time I was watching it I was like if I got hard for this I deserve to be arrested like <laughs> for real like no okay you know how we talk a lot about how in these movies that we watch the women are like very strangely aroused all the time and you're right it's like an old man fantasy Elizabeth Shue is, like, raring to go at all times. Um, so, first of all, she's such an asshole. So, she's got the... She gets a phone call, a computer phone call. This is a big deal. Computer phone call um, from Kevin Bacon. It's, like, 4.12 in the morning, all right? They say, what time is it? 4.12. Um, so, it's 4.12 in the morning. She turns on the fucking light in the bedroom, and she's got a male guest. And why only an asshole would do that like she is like talking loud and he and and thanos is somehow asleep in the other bedroom with the light on as she's screaming into her computer at kevin bacon like gotta go into the office so so dumb but then also oh my god thanos is in this movie uh so that's pretty cool uh i don't exactly know how they're going to bring the um, Invisible Man into the MCU, but we'll probably see him somewhere in Infinity War next year. (laughs) If we we could get Kevin Bacon's Hollow Man in the MCU. (laughs) (laughs) Who who would he rape? Or should I say, who wouldn't he rape? Because Kevin Bacon is a massive rapist in this movie. Um, I think that he actually... I want to say that... Have you guys ever heard of the movie The Woodsman? I've heard of yeah. it, never seen it. I, Don't watch it. Yeah, that's that really depressing one about how like the whole town thinks that he's right. He's he's actually a child molester, yeah, but yeah. he's like reformed, and the whole movie is about him trying to fight his urges to to reoffend. Um, I feel like he did that movie as a penance for how rapey he was in this movie. He was like, okay, I really need to do something where I debase myself. For the the audience, so that they they don't think I'm a huge asshole in real life. I don't know, maybe, or maybe he just likes those kind of. <laughs> I wanted to touch on. It seems like every screenwriter we've come across in the past couple of weeks doesn't understand women and writes them all as if they're fucking cats in heat. Yes, thank you. That's exactly what I've been trying to say. Cats in heat. But but at the same time, this is a fucking Paul Verhoeven movie, so I kind of want to let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on to how Elizabeth Shue is just basically ready to go at all times. There's this one part where Kevin Bacon, I think it's he, he leaves the compound a second time. I can't even remember, but he like, goes and spies on her, and he sees Thanos come in the door, and she jumps his bones. She literally jumps on him, wraps her legs around him, and he carries her to the bed. Um, so, like, women don't do that. And also, they're in the middle of this scientific experiment, and they know things are not working correctly, so why would she be like, oh, we should take a break and go fuck? Yeah, I feel like scientists uh, like that are working in an underground compound or who, who have, like, hit a wall and are very frustrated. You know, the, the immediate go-to is not horny. I think you would, <laughs> like, 
You would you'd be pretty fucking bored most of the time just doing like you know busy work science shit and I don't know man like like cat cat I I think I I personally personally I think I nailed it on the head with that cat and heat comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, if Elizabeth Shue would have been like crawling around her, on four legs, on four, on like her hands and knees, going this whole time, this would have been so much better. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, Do you know okay. that when Josh Brolin fucks you, he actually has barbs on his penis? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, I guess that's why he's only can have a relationship with the embodiment of death. Alright, so, um, these lines are, are terrible. Like, the beginning when they, when the whole team assembles, basically, in that underground, um, compound, and they're all quipping like it's fucking Dawson's Creek meets Claude Rains. It's awful. Um, that's, that's a joke, because Claude Rains was the original Invisible Man, just in case you didn't know. Uh, um, the, the, Actually, it seems like the writers were fucking with us. It's like they had a contest to see who could get the most amount of quips in in a minute without getting smacked down by the editor or getting cut from the movie in uh, like in editing. Um, the lines are just awful. They're just the, the worst goddamn shit. Um, and I wrote one down. I'm not running a goddamn zoo here. You're a... F- and then... And, and that's Kevin Bacon. And then the red-headed woman with the short hair is like, you're a fucking unethical bastard. And, like, seriously, these these are these are quotes from a movie that had a massive budget. They they come hard and fast in this scene. Like, it, like whoever wrote this thought that they were doing, like, a real snappy dialogue sort of scene. But this is a yeah. fucking Invisible Man movie. You're not writing Chasing Amy. You can just shut the <laughs> fuck up now. Like, ah. <laughs> Would this movie be better if Kevin Smith had made it? Oh. Well, the world will never know, thank goodness. Well, actually, if it, he would have made this in 99. This was a 1999 movie, right? Yeah. Uh, well, it came out in 2000. would have been filming in 1999. Okay, okay that's why I was thinking well, I can First things first, it would have been probably Jason Mewes instead of Kevin Bacon. So- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You imagine that scene with the Invisible Man that like he rapes that girl, and the whole time he's just going noise, 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 smoking weed, smoking weed, doing jokes, doing coke, pack grass, my good man. Time to kick back, drink some beers, and smoke some weed. <laughs> oh shit! Let's legitimately shit on Kevin Smith. We all love his work so much. It's it's just so sad. That's what. Yeah, up to a point. Well, that's why we shit on him so bad because he's a fucking disappointment. <laughs> I had <laughs> I had such high hopes for you, Kevin. We need to talk about Kevin. Jesus Christ! So let's let's jump to. So we've got. First of all, this was like that weird, like two year period where suddenly Kevin Bacon was in his forties and was just like, "I think I'm all right with showing my dick now." Like, he just like decided. Yes. No. Actually, this. I, I I truly believe that at some point in the '90s, Kevin Bacon decided that he was going to write a clause into all of his contracts that said he has to show at least ass, if not cock and balls. You think like just one drunken night, Kevin Bacon was hanging out with his friends, and they're like, "Yo, Kevin, I dare you to uh, like I just have your dick full out in a movie," <laughs> and he was like, "Watch this." <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I feel like you would have been like, guys, please watch this. 
Yeah, you're the only ones that are watching it. Please, for the love of God, buy tickets. I think I've Go seen Kevin Bacon's dick as I've seen as much as I've seen my own dick in my life. Like seriously, it's 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 omnipresent. <laughs> and think about the people that had to CGI his penis. Like when he's I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, if you're going to have a CG dick. Don't you make it bigger? Don't you? Yeah, I'd be like, guys, can you please just make me scary big? Like, I want people. I want. I want women and children to flee in terror. Yeah, I want. I, I like. This is we're coming right off the '90s, so this is a relevant. This is a relevant reference in 2000. But you know how Red Hot Chili Peppers go on stage with those with the cock sacks. Yeah. I want I want tube sock. That's how fucking big I want it. Like, just give me give me just a. I mean, it's science fiction. We've already got gorillas in this movie. Give me a baby gorilla arm. That's what I want. <laughs> Holding an apple. <laughs> um. So this movie, actually, I have a I I, I have a legitimate amount of notes, but smack dab in the middle, in all caps, is this movie is hot garbage. <laughs> That's how I <laughs> all right, so, that's I mean, you're not wrong. All right, man. so you're not wrong. So let's. I mean, so at Kevin, least so let's let's try to get a little on track. So Kevin Bacon is now invisible. Have we gotten to this point now? Yeah. Okay. Kevin Bacon's invisible. Can we start talking about the fucking creepy, like fake skin that they start making him wear? That is like that's, that was a pretty fun practical effect. No, I, I really think that they did a good job. It's cool. It's terrifying. It's cool. There's because the only other note I have is I like the scene where he scares that kid, which I'm. Just, <laughs> yeah. like, I liked that they made him put the fake skin on and stuff like that, but yet there was still a lot of like CG involved there, where like his eyes were invisible. And like his like neck below like the the collar line was still like invisible. Like it felt like I thought for a second that they were making him do that just so they could cop out and have to stop doing all the effects that they were doing. But it almost seems like it was more work. Just to it was absolutely more yeah. work. That's why I even said anything. I thought that they did a great job on that. Yeah, no, yeah, I they mean, they definitely complicated <laughs> it more than it needed to be complicated. For and the invisibility scene as well, like where he goes invisible, like the CG in this movie kind of sort of holds up a little bit. Like this is, I mean, it's not fucking Jurassic Park, but it, it definitely holds up a little bit. Yeah, I love that for whatever reason, Jurassic Park has multiple times been used as our barometer on this show. It's everybody's barometer, though, because, I mean, it's been it's been at least a decade since I've seen the original Jurassic Park, but I have no... I, I I will stand by the assertion that that's quite possibly the best use of CGI ever. But it was also because it utilized – it was so new in the CGI that they were utilizing practical effects and CGI and blending it together. Well, I, I think that they might have been just smarter about it because there was CGI before Jurassic Park. And and I think that they were like, let's just use it – and I've talked about this multiple times on the podcast where – the only good way to use CGI, even in 2017, in my personal opinion, is you have practical effects that are enhanced by computer graphics. Like, that's the only thing that it works well with because it just it, – it, it's, it's, it's currently impossible. I mean, I, I applaud people that are trying to make it so that you could have a completely generated – computer-generated scene and, and it would look realistic. But I just don't think we're there. I, you know, I mean – Lord of the Rings was great, but still, like you look back at that and you're like, "Holy shit!" 
Yeah, that doesn't age well. That's why that's why Jurassic Park is forever the fucking barometer for it. One, because it was so new at the time. Um, and two, because they fucking nailed it. They hit it right out of the park. Like that scene where he turns her head and fucking Laura Dern looks out and the fucking Dilopidobar whatever, Saurus or whatever fucking fuck, dinosaur. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not... I'm not a paleontologist. I... <laughs> God, can you imagine what Adam would be like as a paleontologist? <laughs> so, uh, oh, we got this, uh, hey, guys, we got... <laughs> hey, I got these fucking dinosaur bones over here. Yeah, I got these dinosaur bones. They remind me of what I got in my pants. Come on, let's go get the fucking... <laughs> Yo, what is this? Some sort of fucking Jurassic Park? What the fuck? So I guess we're some kind of Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? After after watching Hollow Man, I think we're more more closely akin to a Suicide Squad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so okay, so we've got the CGI stuff. He's he's creeping around. We've talked about like the. Uh, you know, the creepy rape elements that are scattered among the movie. Um, there's also a scene that I know Scott doesn't want to talk about, but I will briefly mention it. Yeah, that is... It's awful. But you know what's even more disturbing to me than that scene, which is pretty damn disturbing? And I mentioned it once already. The creepy look of the CGI boob being fondled is, <laughs> is fucking nightmare fuel. <laughs> <laughs> So I feel like that's been done before and better than in this film, like people groping people, like invisible people getting, uh, you know, they're groping. Yeah, we watched I, it the other week. It was called Invisible Mania. <laughs> it was fucking great. Um, yeah. But, uh, so uh, I have a question for you before we go too far, though. Do you want to know what it's like to make love to an invisible man? Because that's a legitimate line in this film. Um, so I also forgot that that he so he rapes the the girl with the fake boobs, right? So like I, maybe that was the problem is that she's got implants, and so touching them with whatever they were going to originally do practically was too hard, and so they're like, let's just do a CGI. It'll be fucking cool. Yeah, or I mean those she- are those aren't real tits to begin with. So when we have a weird CG groping scene, I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's, uh, it, nothing, <laughs> nothing in this scene is is real to to real life. So it's fine. It's good. I, I, I feel so bad dehumanizing that woman and her in a, a surgically enhanced breasts. The but- fucking movie dehumanizes. <laughs> he rapes her, and there's no resolution there. It just no. cuts, and he's back in the compound. It's like, where were you last night? He's like, fuck off. How about that? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about how about you go fuck yourself? Um, so he he sexually assaults two women in the compound, including Elizabeth Shue, right? Um, and and after he assaults Elizabeth Shue, she, that's when she goes and jumps on Thanos's cock. Like she literally jumps on him. They go back to her apartment for some reason and have sex, and he's watching. But that was post sexual assault by the Invisible Man. So that makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. It's like it's written by this, like, just a fucking gross, like, old dude fucking smoking a cigar with a fucking tumbler full of whiskey. And he's like, yeah, you know what's fucking hot? Well, we'll get we'll get her engine all revved up by getting sexually assaulted by the Invisible Man here. Fucking wow. <laughs> yes, I actually do believe that is the way they wrote this out. Now, um, I know that we don't really want to dwell on it, but I do want to come back to the dog scene because I'm I'm so tired of that shit. 
and I mean, it doesn't really happen that much nowadays, I guess, but that old trope of like, oh, well, we'll kill a dog and that's how we'll, you know, indicate to the audience that this guy's, you know, un- unredeemable, right? Like, whoever, yeah. whoever's evil in the movie, well, we'll just have him kill an animal. Like, that's such a fucking cop-out. It's so lazy. It's a lazy writing technique. So do you know what this guy wrote before Hollow Man and then what he wrote after Hollow Man? I'm about to find out. So he wrote K911 starring Jim Belushi. Wow. And then after Hollow Man, he created the Fast and Furious franchise. Wow. Now, is he the guy that did the first couple of Fast and Furious, or is he the, he's the guy that's doing the current He Fast created and the Fast and Furious and is now credited with the characters from every sequel. So he definitely gets a little taste of all of the sequels. Can you imagine Toretto coming in at the end of this movie and just kicking the shit out of invisible Kevin Bacon? (laughs) (laughs) I would have preferred that, actually. Um, I only have one note left for for the... For Hollow Man. I only really have one, too. So you go ahead and then we'll fucking close this out because I'm done talking about this. (laughs) Fuck whoever picked this. (laughs) Fuck him on his birthday. Um, So, actually, beyond the dog death, that when Carter gets smashed in the face and he's like his jaws hanging open, that is so incredibly real. And that's not CGI. That was like practical effect. I'm almost positive. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to also say one scene that I really, really do kind of dig in this movie is the sequence in which he gets all the blood thrown on him so that she can see where he's at. Like that was a kind of yeah. cool effect because it was well done in the sense that like he's still this invisible entity, but you just see the blood trickling down him as he's attacking her and slowly forming parts of his body as the whole thing's happening. It was, there's really smart ideas on what to do with an invisible person hidden in this entirely too disgusting and pervy film. Well, I, I I don't want to disagree with that because like you, you have a valid point, but um, I feel like, any good boy points they got with that, they completely fucking lose when the plan is let's burn his invisible skin off because he's completely invisible. Yeah. Like, it, why would why would burning him help? And also, how is he? He's got basically been his his skin has been scalded, then burnt, and then he's still fucking coming after them. How? Yeah, that's that's a fun little game that we can play at the end of this movie. Let's count the amount of times that Kevin Bacon should have died. Like, he should be dead 20 fucking minutes ago, but he's still running around. <laughs> How are you doing this, man? You're fucking... What a tank, this guy. <laughs> Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm. Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. All right. So what did you guys watch this week? Uh, I'll, I'll say something here. Um, Megan and I recently finished the Handmaid's Tale series on Hulu. Uh, 
That is the most intense TV show I've ever watched. It is just so, like, it fills you with so much dread. It's insane. Uh, I loved it. Uh, Megan, The Handmaid's Tale is one of Megan's all-time top five favorite books. Um, and Margaret Atwood is probably, arguably, her favorite writer. Now, Margaret Atwood was, like, the executive producer, and I'm pretty sure she wrote the script, or at least she was, she produced the script for the, the Hulu series. So it was different enough from the book that it wasn't, like, basically just watching a, a TV adaptation, adaption, whatever. Um, and so Megan was like, that didn't happen in the book, but then there are other times... and. You know, they, they flesh out some characters in different ways. Um, I, I loved it. I, I think that Megan might have been a little bit more skeptical than me just because she's read the book more times than me. She's read it like ten times. Um, but it's so good. Everybody that can watch it, please watch it. And don't let this happen in America because it could fucking happen. Um, Adam, do you have a good ending or do you want me to close it out? Um, no, I don't have anything in particular. Um, I, I mean, I don't really want to admit this on air, but I will anyways. I watch more I Love Money. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's as greasy as you imagine. Starting to, starting to win you over a little bit? <laughs> oh, goodness, no. I, 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 as much as I love Flavor of Love, and, I mean, I am committed to that show. I love that show. Great fucking show. Um... This makes me just feel gross watching. I don't. I, yeah, no, no. It's almost as bad as Hollow Man. To be honest, <laughs> that's that's crazy. I don't believe you. Um. All right. So I watched. Let's see, which one of these am I going to talk about? I watched a movie that I. Uh, so at the time that we're recording this, Scream Factory had done a sale. Uh, where it was 50% off everything that they've ever released. So I went fucking hog wild in there <laughs> for a little bit. Um, and I picked up a movie from 1988, which I'm probably going to pick in the in the future, but not <clears throat> the near future, called Scarecrows. Um, Dude, oh, are you fucking serious? That's, <laughs> when we were talking earlier on, was that the movie that you were talking about? Uh, maybe. Because if it's not, that was actually in the top three of my pick for that same plan. So if you don't pick it, I will, because that movie is the yeah, tense. So it's a real – so clearly we're going to be talking about this sooner than I anticipated. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a slow burn to get started, but once it gets going, it is fucking on in that movie. Like – there is some of the most brutal deaths I have ever seen in this fucking movie, and it made me wish that people did more Scarecrow movies because there is something that's already like inherently scary about Scarecrows. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it I, uh, dude, that movie rules. I've been that's been on my short list for the two years we've been doing right. this podcast. Like it's been on, it's been on there for well, a long time. I'll time. allow you to grab that pick if you want for. Uh, a certain well, time of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, does anybody want to take responsibility for Hollow Man? <laughs> All right. Well, that was Hollow Man from 2000, uh, as picked by no one. No one picked this movie. I, it, Joseph Goebbels. He fucking picked it. <laughs> Blame him. <laughs> fucking goddamn boys from Brazil over here. Uh, so... If you have movie suggestions for us, 
our September listener pick month is slowly creeping up. So send us suggestions at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. If we don't pick it for the month of September, that is perfectly fine. Our next month will be in January. So just keep sending them in and we'll keep stockpiling them. And every like three months, it'll be only picks from you guys, the listeners. Uh, don't forget to check out hmnpodcast.com for all of your HMN podcast needs. Find us on Twitter at HMN Podcast. Find Scott at fucking Duke. Find Matt at St. Mort. Find me at Life is Sublime. Scott, take us home. Uh, go to SoundCloud.com backslash horror movie night and listen to us. Uh, but uh, the, it, that's almost a moot point because if you just go to HMNPodcast.com, there will be links with embedded. Uh, the SoundCloud links will be embedded into each episode. And. Um, forever it, like it's it's amazing steven did just a killer job and I, I you know we can't we can't thank him enough for all the hard work he put into the website so hmnpodcast.com 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 apply directly to the forehead apply directly to the forehead <laughs> yes you got it <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's the start of the theme song I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are FemRegard Podcast. Mmm. Fem. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 